Thanks so much, Grant. All right, everybody. Uh, you are in for a treat. It is time for the Low J Book Club, and we are absolutely delighted. Christina Clancy is joining us. Uh, her book, Shoulder Season, just had its book birthday yesterday. So, hi, Christina. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Oh, my gosh. First of all, loved, <laughs> loved, loved Shoulder Season. It is just such a unexpectedly kind of, I don't know, it was a coming-of-age book I guess I didn't see coming because 1981, you know, I feel like I was the same age as this gal in 1981. And I don't know, you really paint that time in the small town and working at the Playboy Club. So just give people a setup of your wonderful story. Oh, sure. Well, the book does take place mostly in 1981, but it actually begins in the present day Yes, um, in Palm Springs with a woman named Sherry Taylor who um, finds out that she has to go back to East Troy, Wisconsin, the small town where she grew up, um, because somebody that is kind of a benefactor has passed away. And when she goes back, she realizes she has to face her past. And the past includes working when she was a 19-year-old girl or woman at the old Playboy Resort in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And um, while she was working there, she was exposed to a number of different men. Um, and there is a tragedy that happened on, a, on an area lake. And she blames herself for it for all these years. So in going back, she not only faces um, the past and that life experience, or life-changing experience she had working at the Playboy Resort, but she also kind of learns to forgive herself and be able to move on. Yeah, and that, that I guess, is really, you know, what made the whole book come together so much is that it is this whole story, even though we start when she's, I don't know if she's in his, in her 50s when it starts, but the whole story is told, you know, in the flashback. And, of course, I just love the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll, Playboy Club. <laughs> I thought, what a fun job that would have been it sounded so glamorous and i was lucky enough to get a tour of the playboy club when it was still it was right before it closed and i worked for a hotel management company and we were looking to take it over but it needed so much work oh i'm so jealous that you had a chance to actually go there yes when i was doing my research i just would have killed to walk through the doors and see what it was like when it was still a playboy resort and that was the thing you know when i looked at it and i guess this would have been i'm trying to think like maybe 1990 it might have been and it was like frozen in time the they hadn't redone it at all but it was on oh, this beautiful piece of pro. I mean, the property was gorgeous. The lake, the you know everything. Yeah, it's really lush. I think you were probably there in 1981 or 1982 because that I've I've heard different accounts of which year the club actually closed okay okay over to become the Americana. Yeah, that's um, when I toured it. It was the Americana. That's what it was called. Okay, and you know it's it's interesting because when they switched it over to the Americana, it closed pretty abruptly. And then when this other um, hotel company took it over, these brothers from Houston on the Americana, they didn't want to have anything to do with the Playboy name. They How thought dumb. it was tacky and it brought down the, the values of the resort. So they got rid of everything and Ugh. they tore up even the carpeting that had the bunny logos and Ugh. had huge bonfires outside. All the golf pads, the pens, the logo mugs, the carpet, everything was burned up and I think that was something that made me want to write about this because oh. I wanted to resurrect it from the past. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. And then, so did you, like, I, I did you find a bunny to talk to, to paint that picture of, you know, what it was like living dormitory style and working, you know, because, I mean, you paint this picture of it, you know, I'm just like, I can, you, you could feel it, taste it, smell the cigarette smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and the chlorine. Yes. Yeah, I did. I found... Well, it's interesting because not everybody wanted to talk to me. I would hear about women who are former bunnies. And it's funny because people, I started asking people if they knew anyone who had been a, a bunny when I started to work on this project. And they'd kind of whisper, you know, here the club's been closed for 40 years. Yes. Like, I know someone, she was a bunny. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's okay, you can just say it. You know, but um, I found out that some of the bunnies really felt stigmatized from mm-hmm. having worked there. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't want even their own children to know that they'd worked there, which I think is such a shame because it was fascinating, interesting, fun, much more chase than people would think. And the work was really hard. Um, but then I found this woman named Pam Ellis. When she was a bunny, they, you never wanted to have bunnies with the same names because it was confusing. So they'd have to take a different name if their name was already taken. So she became Bunny Jojo because there was already a bunny Pam. Okay. She she was fantastic because she worked there for four years. So she's the person who told me that the women lived in the dorm, that in a dorm that had a 12-foot fence around it to keep the men out <laughs> or the women in, oh my God. I guess. <laughs> Um, and just really funny stories. In fact, she loaned me her tail, which she showed me for the first time yesterday when I was at a book signing. And the tail weighs almost a pound and it's as big as my face. It's huge. Wow. Wow. And then she's the one who gave you the detail about, you know, what they wore and just like, really, they were kind of, I mean, they had, there was some moments of glamour, but I mean, this is like any waitressing banquet waitressing, you know, any kind of, that's hard work. Oh, it's so hard. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to write about is that these women came from the small area towns. They didn't come from big cities. Mm -hmm. So the way we think of Playboy clubs is much different than what the resort was like. And I started thinking, because I know this this town called East Troy, which is about 15 minutes away from Lake Geneva. I know it very well. Boy, do we want to go there after reading Shoulder Season. Oh, my gosh. They would love to have you. It's really a special town with a square and everything. And um, But I just kept imagining, what was it like for these women who were the daughters of dairy farmers? Um, or, you know, maybe their mm-hmm. dad drove a slaughterhouse truck or mm-hmm. their dad is a cop or whatever. And what was it like to wear heels for the first time and work double and triple shifts in those heels or in January to walk out on the floor of the resort? with you know practically naked yeah so oh, with your people look at you with your one pound bunny tail yeah. <laughs> uh christina yeah. so i mean i get that you you know what initially how was this something you knew growing up that this existed because obviously the learn more you learn about it you're like i have to write about this but initially was this part of like a story that they told because you grew up in wisconsin right yeah, I grew up in Milwaukee, and I had heard that there was a Playboy Resort, but I never really made the connection until years later when we went. We had a family reunion around 2020, or I'm sorry, uh, 2010, um, and I saw this curio cabinet that had all the Playboy memorabilia, and I and I and then I connected that that used to be the resort, and I thought it was so interesting that this little tiny curio cabinet off to the side of the lobby was all the 
announced that this used to be a Playboy resort, which I thought was, you know, like a newspaper, um, in the newspaper business, they say you buried your lead mm-hmm. when yeah. you don't leave with the most interesting thing. Yeah. To me, it's not like they buried the lead, you know, I and mean, why would they not want to make that a big deal? Um, but I'd heard from my friends, especially, um, the boys from my school, like they would go skiing at the Lake Geneva resort. There was a ski hill there and the bunnies would serve them. And then I heard this crazy story. A friend of mine heard about my book and he said when he was 12 years old, he was a Boy Scout, and the prize for some sort of merit badge competition was a flight in a Cessna to the Playboy Resort <laughs> to have lunch at the Playboy, um, the Playmate Bar, and he won it. Oh my he was gosh! Twelve years old. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's just amazing. Oh. But I mean, they- families did go and vacation there. It was a family, you know, spot, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it was a family resort. And, you know, I heard stories about the bunnies supervising Easter egg hunts or working, like, supervising the game room. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then uh, Bunny Pam told, or Bunny JoJo told me that when she was working, the um, when she was at the resort, the, they would say, be careful, like, be really nice to the wives. Yes. Because you don't want them to treat you like the trash they think you are. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was so interesting that yeah. they wanted to lead with that. Yeah, yeah, that that is. Oh, it's just, I mean, first of all, I can see shoulder season completely being optioned. And I'm sure your agent who, ha- you had news to share about your book that you wrote last summer called The Second Home. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, so my first book is called The Second Home. And that's um, set in Milwaukee and also in Cape Cod. So that, that was your first people- book. That was my debut. Okay, right? we got to read that. June. Okay. Yeah, and that, that was optioned by Nikolai Koster-Waldau, who played Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who would have ever thought that my literary world and Game of Thrones would intersect? They're colliding, <laughs> and he he's optioned this for himself to star in, right? Right. He wants to star and executive produce in a limited series, and TriStar is the... I don't really understand how it all works, but they're owned by Sony and they optioned oh, yeah. the right. No, so no. They... This could be like a Big Little Lies thing because just like in Big Little Lies, I'm reading from Deadline that your book, The Second Home, explores how a devastating secret can derail young love and tear apart families. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> So did you get to meet him? Did you? Is there any interaction you will or have had with him? You know, I sure hope I do. Me yeah. too. Oh, he is absolutely beautiful. One of my friends calls him the Tasty Danish. Yes, oh, he's so he good. is. That is a good, <laughs> I, a yeah. good nick, uh, nickname for him. But um, do you like? Okay, so because I know, like, your agent sells it, and you're just like, a good congratulations and all of that. But do you see him? Is he a Gordon or a Shaw? Because we haven't read the second home yet. Oh, well, he wants to play Anthony Shaw, okay. who is a real bad guy. Mm. And I think he actually, it's interesting that you compared it to Big Little Lies. Uh-huh. I think he wanted a role that was similar to Andrew Sarsgaard's role yeah. in Big Little Lies. You know, he, he played Nicole Kidman's husband. Yeah. Um, oh, so Christina, I want this to happen for you. I want you to be <laughs> the USA uh, Leanne Moriarty. And then this book, Shoulder Season, can be optioned. By, okay, we'll let Reese uh, option it for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, it felt like a movie to me when I was writing Shoulder Season. Yeah. So I could, oh, it could I be could that too. 
It could be that because I can, you know, the opening um, and Michelle Pfeiffer can be Sherry. Oh, wouldn't that be great? That's yeah. a great suggestion. Thank oh, you, Dave. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just here to do some producing, Christina, besides having the radio show. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. You can direct it, too. And- <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Maybe you should be Sherry. <laughs> oh, no, it's so great to talk to you. Um, we can't wait. I'm going to read the second home. I encourage people, if you're looking for a book, I agree with us. Uh, another reviewer called it City of Girls Meets Daisy Jones and the Six with a dash of dirty dancing is how he described uh, shoulder season. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show and for introducing readers to the, the, the strange world that I stumbled upon. And oh, Christina, we could just talk to you forever about how you got into books, but now that we know how to find each other on Twitter, we'll, we can stay in touch. Oh, that sounds great. Thanks so much for having All me. All right. Thanks, Christina.